Tortora proudly brings you... Is that for real? Are you kidding me? The annoying moment of the week. I, I really honestly, I don't know how to respond to this. Presented by Carvel DeWitt. 4322 East Genesee Street. It's what happy tastes like. You have to be that crazy. I guess so. The annoying moment of the week proudly brought to you by Carvel DeWitt for this week. This week's annoying moment of the week is I'm trying to find the right words to bring it all together because there's two different scoops of the annoying moment of the week this week. So let's talk about the first one, the American Athletic Conference, okay? They're not respected. And I think it's ridiculous. And I, I, I think it's I, I think that the committee, the college football playoff committee, turning their backs to them or seemingly turning their backs to them the way it feels like is is ridiculous. And so to me, you know, I think that they need to get the respect. You know that Mike Oresco is no stranger to this broadcast, the commissioner of the American Athletic Conference. And, you know, we don't we don't cover the American Athletic Conference and just do whatever they say. You know, I'm an independent person to all of this. I watch it. I see, you know, what is out there with this conference, what they've done. I've been with them the, their entire existence before they had a name, before they had a logo as they were you know, dissolving the old Big East and all of that. So I can honestly tell you I've been with this conference, you know, pretty much the entire road that they've had outside of their own personal meetings. I've been on the road with every, you know, with everything with this American Athletic Conference. And I'll be on the road with Wake Up Call this weekend to go to that American Athletic Conference championship game between Cincinnati and Memphis at the Liberty Bowl in Memphis. So for me, you know, I just I look at this conference and I look at, you know, the fact that they're willing to play anybody that they schedule. I mean, I, I talked about it yesterday, their future schedule against Texas and Oklahoma and Oklahoma State and Alabama and Louisville. There are so many teams that they're going up against that, you know, their conference is a tough conference to play in. But because it doesn't have that respect, these coaches have to play these really, really tough games out of conference. And then they have to get beaten up in conference just to prove themselves. And to me, it's frustrating because, you know, the ACC Coastal Division hasn't done a tremendous job with a lot of the teams in recent history. You know, Miami's middle of the road. Pittsburgh's almost middle of the road. North Carolina's middle of the road. Duke's under that. Georgia Tech's under that, just in the coastal. Syracuse has not been a force to be reckoned with. NC State hasn't been. You know, Florida State hasn't been in recent history here. Yet, you know, the ACC gets a respect because of Clemson. And then you look at Cincinnati, you got 10-2. and two. Memphis, 11-1. and one. SMU, 10. By, by the way, Cincinnati's only losses are to Memphis and Ohio State, who's beaten everybody. And Ohio State defeated eight other teams by scoring more points than they scored against Cincinnati. So, well, they beat Cincinnati 42 to nothing. They scored more points on eight other teams. Of the 12 teams they played, they scored more points on eight other teams than Cincinnati this season. So to say Cincinnati didn't score anything and lost 42 to nothing, okay, well, what about all these other teams whose defenses allowed them to score 70-plus points, 50-plus points? People don't look at that. Cincinnati lost to the team that everybody else has lost to who's probably going to play in the national championship. So to knock Cincinnati for that is ridiculous. SMU's 10-2. Like I said, Navy has the opportunity to be 10-2. They're 9-2 right now with the Army-Navy game coming up. UCF having a bad year to some people is 9-3. Temple is 8-4 with a coaching change again. 
and then you have Tulane who's six and six. So you don't have anybody just riding the equator, barely making it into a bowl game, except for Tulane. But Tulane's played a good season. They played a they played a really tough gamut this season to get to six and six. They had to play Auburn. They play, and then obviously they played Army, and they beat Army. And you know, then they had to play SMU and UCF and Temple and Navy and Memphis. They, you know, outside of Cincinnati, they played the gamut of the American Athletic Conference. So, you know, for the annoying moment of the week to start off today's broadcast, it's just looking at this conference and knowing that it doesn't have the respect. And why? Because it's new? Because it had to rebuild itself? You know, how about, you know, getting an award for being the conference that didn't die? The conference that was born out of the ashes. The only conference that was born out of the ashes of realignment. That in and of itself is a triumph. Then to see what they've been been able to do and what they've been able to put forward. You know, the Mountain West has Boise State. And Air Force has some good days. And Utah State's had some good days. And Hawaii's had some good days. But it's really been Boise State for the majority of the time. The Sun Belt is Appalachian State. So you have one team from one, one team from the other, and you're comparing them and putting them higher than some of these American athletic teams, which I think is crazy. And then Conference USA, you have FAU and UAB. Well, UCF goes to play FAU, and they take down FAU. So, you know, that little rivalry inside of the state of Florida, you look at the head-to-head on that. I mean, for me to look at all of this and put it all together, I always ask myself, do I think if you mashed up conferences that any of these American athletic teams could beat an ACC team, could beat an SEC team? I think right now there are teams inside of the American that if you put them in the SEC, they could beat Arkansas, they could beat Ole Miss, they could beat Mississippi State, they could beat Vanderbilt, they could beat South Carolina, they could beat Missouri, they could potentially beat Kentucky and Tennessee as well. We've seen UCF beat Auburn within the past couple seasons. So outside of Alabama, LSU, Georgia, and Florida, which I think that some of these teams could hang potentially with a Florida and maybe with a Georgia. But in LSU and in Alabama, who's beaten them? Nobody. LSU hasn't lost to anybody this season. And Alabama lost a game after they lost their quarterback, and they lost to LSU. So to say, well, I don't think that you know the American could beat Alabama. Who beats Alabama? Well, I don't think the American could beat LSU or Ohio State. Who beats LSU and Ohio State? Nobody has. Well, I don't think the American could beat Clemson. Nobody's beaten Clemson in the ACC this year. So if that's your if that's if that's your litmus test, if that's your indicator, if that's your mile marker, then the entire ACC and the entire American are the same because none of the ACC beat Clemson. So to say that the top four teams in the nation couldn't be beaten by UCF or by Cincinnati, who else is beating them? Undefeated, 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 one loss. They have one loss amongst those four teams. So go to the other teams. Mash up the conference. Arkansas, Ole Miss, Mississippi, Vanderbilt, Texas A&M, South Carolina, Missouri, Kentucky, from the SEC, potentially Tennessee, Arizona, Colorado, Arizona State. UCLA's been beaten by Cincinnati in back-to-back years. Stanford's been beaten by UCF in the Pac-12. Washington State, Washington, California, Oregon State. Put them up against the American Athletic Conference. If the American Athletic Conference can beat everybody but the top one team or the top two teams in another conference, then what's the difference? Clemson can't be beaten by anybody. LSU hasn't been beaten by anybody in their conference. Ohio State hasn't been beaten by anybody in their conference. So to say, well, the American is just UCF at the top, well, sometimes these conferences have the team at the top. LSU had to rise. Florida had to rise. Georgia had to rise. Alabama's been there.
Auburn had to rise. Cincinnati this year, Memphis, Navy, SMU have all risen, and UCF's playing well, and Temple's playing well, and Tulane's playing well, and Tulsa gave everybody hell, and they have a 4-8 and record that very easily could have been 7-5 and or 8-4. and So the first annoying, mo- annoying moment of the week this week is that. It's the level of disrespect and underappreciation and lack of knowledge and just basic naivety and ignorance to the American Athletic Conference that deserves a lot better. You ask them to have a tough conference, they do. You ask them to have ranked teams, they do. You ask them to have good games, they have. You ask them to have a tough non-conference schedule, they have. You ask them to have good coaching, they do. Because the Pac-12, the Big 12, the Big 10, the SEC, the ACC tries to poach them every single year. And when they get one or two or three of them, then they fill those spots with coaches that get poached again or get asked to be poached again. Who's up for all these jobs now? What's the conversation? People are saying, oh, there's a job opening. Luke Fickle of Cincinnati. Oh, there's a job opening. Josh Heupel of UCF. Oh, there's a job opening. Kenny Amatololo of Navy. Oh, there's a job opening. Sonny Dykes of SMU. Oh, there's a job opening. Mike Norvell of Memphis. If these schools weren't good and the conference wasn't good, you wouldn't poach the coaches from a conference that has no talent. And these coaches are not only getting the talent, playing good games, but they're sending guys to the NFL. They're doing a better job sending guys to the NFL than Syracuse has under the current regime and the regime before that. So the reality of it all is they're doing everything they're supposed to do. They're doing everything that's that's a necessity. They're making it happen on paper. Mike Oresco has read you the statistics of it all. It's just that for some odd reason, there's a special role for the American Athletic and a special role for the Power Five, which essentially is a double standard. And that double standard needs to break because if these teams keep knocking down the walls that you set up for them, eventually you have to let them in. And with that being said, I go to my second Part of the annoying moment of the week. My second scoop. And speaking of walls and letting people in, sometimes people don't appreciate a good thing. Sometimes people have no idea what they have. Sometimes people abuse privileges that they have and opportunities that they have and people that they have. And I will tell you something that I learned the hard way and that some people learn the hard way too. I think a lot of us learn the hard way. And that is that... If you don't appreciate what's in front of you and you focus on the past, then you're doomed to die. And if you live in the past, you die in the past. That's really how it goes. And that's not me wishing any any bad on anybody by any stretch of the imagination. If you live in the past, you die in the past. Because every part of you that's supposed to grow and blossom and move forward, it can't if you're living in the past. And not only that, but if you don't appreciate a good thing that's right in front of you, it's not going to stay there forever. And it's a hard truth that I've had to realize, no matter how good of a man that you are, or good of a woman that you are, no matter how many things you do for someone else, how often you show your... You know, people say that they want to be with people that show them love. They want to be with people who don't make them guess how they're feeling. Somebody who calls them, who texts them, who comes to see them, who genuinely listens to them, who genuinely cares about them, who does all that they can to, you know, be there and be present and compromise and be unselfish and be giving and loving and affectionate and real and honest and true and, you know, that works hard at at, at making things go and all of that. You know, everybody says that they want someone who's going to bring all those pieces. But I have met so many people in my life that I've brought those pieces to that look at the pieces and go, yeah, okay, well, I'm not going to do that. So you can do that and that'll be cool. 
but eventually I'm going to just like leave for something probably less interesting or less appealing or that gives me less and that'll be good. So, you know, you have a good day, you give your all, and then I'll eventually be gone and you can be left trying to figure out what's going on while you're holding the bag. And I don't understand that world. I don't understand that world and I don't understand that, that reality that some people have that they live in where they will treat you negatively but expect you to treat them with everything good in the world. They will consistently let you down while you're letting them up. You're bringing them up, they're taking you down. And, you know, my mother always said to me, and this is this, this is something you got to take with you, folks. My mother always said to me, and she, she said to me recently, you know, you have to look at your life and you have to look at, you know, is somebody adding to your day or are they taking away from your day? Are they helping you? Or are they are they pulling something away from you? And you know, people that that tend to treat people like garbage, they tend to see things their own way. So even when they're hurting you, they tend to see it as no, you're hurting me. They see everything backward because that's how they have to live. Because that's the only way that they can write the ship here is to make it look like you broke it because they couldn't have broken it. And that's that's how a lot of people live, unfortunately. They live with the notion of, if I just tell everybody they're wrong when it's actually me that's wrong, then I can get away with murder. Well, that's fine, but you also end up alone. Or you end up with people that have no respect for you because you get out of the world what you put into it. So if you put into it inconsistency, you get inconsistency. If you put into the world a lack of care, you get a lack of care. If you put into the world you know, wishy-washy up and down, you get wishy-washy up and down. If you're always coming and going, then you find somebody who ends up being with you who's always coming and going. And what I don't get is the whole notion of you appreciate it when it's gone. You love it when it's gone. You care about it when it's gone. You end up staying, and the thing is, people never turn around and say that they're wrong. You know, I shouldn't say never, but a lot of people that I've met in in certain portions of my life, they never admit when they're wrong. So if they don't appreciate what they have, they lose it. They end up with somebody else or they end up in another situation or at another job and it's not good enough. They don't walk themselves back. They don't say, I screwed up. I want you. I want to be with you. You need to be this person. Like, you know, I want you to run this even though I had you before. I'm willing to pay you whatever it takes because I need you here. I want I want you because I let you go and I dated somebody else and it knocked me into reality that everything that you were saying and everything that you were doing, it was me. It wasn't you that was making this not work. I didn't understand what I had. Why don't people do that? You know, Because all you want to know at the end of the day is that somebody cares enough to not lose you in business, in your personal life romantically, your friends. You just want to know that somebody cares enough about you that the thought of not having you in their life doesn't even cross their mind because they couldn't even fathom that thought. You know, my friends that I love dearly, that's that's not a thing that crosses my mind with them because I love them. I care about them. You know, I send my friends, I, and I've tried to be better at this, to sending my friends messages every single day, you know, to at least have one of my friends or a couple of my friends get a message from me every day, you know, and and to just let them know, hey, I'm thinking of you. I care. I appreciate our friendship. I appreciate that. you're. I sent that to one of my friends yesterday. I said, I'm happy that we're in each other's lives. We had a little hiatus where they went away for a bit and it really hurt me that I didn't have them in my life. And then I found out at the end of it all that I never really lost them. And that was one of the greatest gifts that God's ever given me is showing me that I never really lost them. 
And, and that really means the world to me and it's special to me. So I'm thankful for stuff like that. So my second scoop for the annoying moment of the week that I implore you to really sit down and think about is, do you have people in your life that you do for, do for, do for, do for? Do you have a boss that you do for, do for, do for, do for that doesn't appreciate it? Is it getting you down? Because when you wake up in the morning, you shouldn't be looking at your phone going, did they text me? Oh, they didn't. Oh, they don't care again today? Oh, well, that's great. Do I have to do all the work again? Oh, well, that's great. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. <laughs> and that's a great unfortunate of, or do you have a boss where you're like, I hope they're not at work today. I hope they don't talk to me today. I hope that they just stay in their office all day today. You know, you deserve to be happy. And I feel like we get complacent, right? We don't want to be alone. We don't want to be without a job. We don't want to lose this friend so then we have nobody to go out and get a drink with. And we don't want to lose this girlfriend or boyfriend because then we're single again and being single is tough. What's worse? Being unhappy in a job or unhappy in a relationship, unhappy in a friendship and staying in it or being alone? And being happy, discovering yourself, knowing who you are, what you are, what you're about, what you care about, what your needs are. If somebody isn't attending to your needs, if a job isn't attending to your needs, then why is it worth staying at and driving yourself nuts over? And that's what my mother, that's her advice that she said to me. She said, is this person adding to your day? Are they building you up? You have so many great things to appreciate in life. Are they taking your mind off of all of that? Are they bringing you down or are they one of those great things? Because it's one or the other. They're either one of those great things or they're that thing that just keeps pissing you off. And one of the hardest things to do in life is to move on and move forward when you know that you're not appreciated, you're not respected, your time isn't valued, you're not valued, the things you say and do are not valued, and your undying love or your undying work or your undying care and concern is not valued. God values you. The people that really care about you value you. And if somebody's willing to just let you be out there by yourself and leave you confused, whether that's a boss or a friend or a significant other, screw them. Because why should life have to be about them? Why can't your life be about you? And, I don't, and I'm not trying to tell you to be selfish and to not care. I'm trying to tell you to care about yourself for maybe the first time in a long time or maybe the first time ever. Wasting energy and time will suck the life out of you. Trust me, I know. And there's nothing worse than missing out on all of the great things you're doing in your life and that God's bringing into your life or whatever you believe in. There's no... <laughs> it's disappointing if you don't appreciate the values and the morals and the gifts that come into your, the, the great things that come into your life and the people that come into your life when you're so focused on the people that are all over the place. And would you want to, would you want somebody at work that wasn't consistent? Would you want somebody at work that you could never count on? Would you want somebody at work that if you handed them something, they weren't going to take care of it? Would you want somebody at the grocery store to not handle your groceries with care? Would you want a doctor to only half do it? And maybe some days, be totally there, but not always be present. Would you want, would you want, you know, the people that, you know, pick up our trash, would you want them to, 
you know, come every so often, but not every week? Would you want the mail to be inconsistent? Would you want a pilot to be inconsistent? No. Then why accept that in your personal life? You deserve to have someone that consistently is there, knows what they have, and never, ever gives you this slight even thought that they don't appreciate what's been given to them. Don't waste your time and energy on people that can live without you, that act every day as if you don't exist, whether that's a boss or a friend or a significant other or a family member or whoever or a neighbor or a stranger. Don't waste your time thinking about the people that don't think about you. And even if they do think about you, if they're unwilling to show you and care about you and be there for you, why spend your time and energy throwing it into a fire? It's almost like taking money and just throwing it at the wind or throwing it into a bonfire. Why waste you on those that don't appreciate you? Simple answer to that is don't. Because somebody out there there's a boss out there that deserves you that will appreciate you. There's friends out there that deserve you that will appreciate you. There's a significant other that's out there that deserves you that will appreciate you. Don't waste any more time or energy on people that have no idea the great person that's on the other side of them.